0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Would you please turn to number 64 in your hymnal and stand as we sing all four verses of Holy, Holy, Holy,
0: Lord God Almighty.
2: celebrations of our church is when we um, share together in Christian baptism and this morning I'd like to welcome little Avery to come forward and it probably will be easier if her mother carries her at this point. (laughs) Elizabeth and Lawson, good, Kayla, Nathan, we invite, in fact, let me invite all the family here and, and let me get Terry Joyner to come up at this time and stand beside me as well. He is going to assist and be the one who shares actually the water of this baptism today. On page 20, on page 40, there is a set of questions that I will be sharing with Elizabeth and Lawson as they reaffirm their faith and commit themselves to the work of parenting in a Christ-like and godly way. Uh, these questions are very important for the two of you to, uh, to share together. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin. Do you accept the freedom and the power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church? which Christ is open to people of all ages, nations, and races. And will you nurture this precious child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. Today is a special Sunday because Avery is being baptized, but it also, as some of you will be aware, is... Uh, the celebration of the baptism of our Lord Sunday. And so over on the next page, there is a thanksgiving over the water. If you would continue and share with me the responsive nature of this reading, uh, that would be wonderful. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the floods, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord, all the earth, tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. And to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations. His glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water. And those who receive it. To wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives. That Dying and being raised with Christ. They may share in his final victory. All, All praise, praise to you, you eternal Father, Lord, through Lord, your Son, Jesus Christ, who Lord, with you Lord, and the Holy Spirit Lord, lives Lord, and reigns Lord, forever. Lord, Amen.
3: Avery Elizabeth Diem. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Okay. Here you
3: go. I'm going to ask, if you will, to turn to page 44, I believe it is, and that's going to be the congregational response number two. While you're doing that, if I may take a moment and I ask Brother Bill if I could. I appreciate so much the opportunity to be here. I am Elizabeth Thompson. That means... Mary Vaughn is my sister. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, and she, she cl- and she, she claims you. She likes she to <laughs> say I'm her little brother.
3: <laughs> we have two others. You don't see the big brothers. <laughs> no, I. you want to hold this, baby. This church is still viable, powerful every one of you is important. In that pulpit, I preached my first sermon. It was here on February the 2nd of 1968 that I came and professed Christ as my Savior, not just to say it, but to mean it. This church licensed me to preach. It was through this church then the Methodist church that I was ordained a deacon and then I did leave after 19 years, I think it was, 17 years in the Methodist ministry and, and went to the Baptist church. That was a personal decision. I've had people say to me, well, you finally saw the light. No, I saw the light here and I'm quick, quick to tell them this church led me to Christ and my mother. And my father and there were people like charles anderson and mrs bice and fred wallace senior and dorothy wallace i remember ms Ma- mccormick some people might remember her but i remember there was never a day i walked in this church that she didn't turn around my brother and I used to joke that she was like a owl. She could turn her head all the way. Around. <laughs> she looked because we sat, I've sat in every area of this church. In the very back, as a youth, getting in trouble. <laughs> on the front, when my father put me in front of him. All on the side, everywhere. And every time I came in, she'd turn all the way around. She'd look at me and she'd smile. and make me welcome. You have such an important part to now the the raising of this, these, and all children. So this congregational response is not just repeating words on a page. This, This response is powerful. It's a promise. Members of the household of faith, I commend to your love and care, Avery Elizabeth Deal, whom we this day recognize as a member of the family of God. Will you endeavor to live that Avery, Elizabeth Deal, and all other children may grow in the knowledge and love of God through our Lord Jesus Christ? Your response.
2: With God's help, we will so order our lives after the example of Christ that this child, surrounded by steadfast love, may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. The choir. The choir is going to share in singing for us a hymn that is so beautiful on 611, I believe it is. And if you would like to join with us, you can turn there and sing as well, but we'll ask the choir to sing.
0: Child bless blessing, child of-
2: It is not happenstance that this family is here. God has gathered them close and is using them for his purposes. Mason, is just about over. I know you're thinking, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? <laughs> it's just Avery. But it's, it is a huge deal. And, and in fact, you were baptized, and Kayla has been baptized in this same way, and, and we share together in the expectation of what God is doing in her life. God has special purposes for all God's children. We are happy in God today. Amen. Amen. Good to see y'all. Blessings. on you
1: please stand for the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed, which is printed in your bulletin and found on page 881 in your hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty. again for the morning prayer father we thank you for your gifts of the sacraments of baptism and holy communion john wesley referred to baptism as a way in which we felt knew and saw god's grace gracious god through water and the spirit you claimed us as your servants renew in each of us the covenant you made with us in our baptism keep in the faith and communion of your church Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Send us into our daily tasks to be witnesses of your love. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ may live in the power of his resurrection. We also today want to remember and pray for all whose lives have been touched by tragedy, whether by accident or by deliberate act. For those who mourn, immerse them in your love and lead them through darkness into your arms and light for those who comfort be both the word they use and all that's left unspoken fill each heart with love look with compassion on the whole human family take away the arrogance and hatred which infects our hearts god today we ask that you break down the walls that separate us and unite us in the bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth that in your good time all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. God of the seasons, today we ask that you bring revival to our church and the larger church. As John Wesley prayed, Lord, send us a revival without defects, but if that is not possible, send us revival, defects and all. We ask that you renew our church through the help of your Holy Spirit. We ask all of these things through your Son's name. Amen.
2: Would you turn to hymn number 400 and stand as we sing all three verses of Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. bow our heads for a word of prayer oh father we come before you again with our offerings and pray that you would place your blessings upon them and on us as well help us to be your generous people help us to be known more for what we give away than what we keep I pray that you would use us for your purposes and that you would bless uh, this church and this community uh, through a deep sense of your presence in all that we do Bless these offerings, Lord, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Thank you.
1: Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13-16. through 16. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you were living in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. This is the word of God for the people of God. God.
2: John Wesley was tutored very carefully by a mother and father who loved him greatly. Uh, They sought not only to give him Um, His spiritual education, which they did very well, they also tutored him in just stuff he needed to know as he went out into the world. Uh, Finally, at the age of 10, he was sent to a boarding school, not because his parents could not take care of him nor uh, were not interested in his life, but because he had reached that age at which both his mother and father felt like he should continue to learn, and he was sent to a boarding school and continued to, to learn he did. Finally, he was such an outstanding student. He was uh, allowed to enter into Oxford Uni- University in England, which uh, now, as it was then, was a very prestigious uh, thing for him to do. Um, He not only became a student, a gifted student at that school, he as well became a teacher at Lincoln College, which was a part of Oxford University. While he was there, he saw an opportunity to connect with his brother and some friends of theirs and to begin meeting several times a week they would get together early in the morning and they would share together prayer and scripture reading discussions about what it meant to be a follower of Christ and then they would go out into the day of course they would have classes and have their studies uh, but they would always make opportunity in that day to serve the community in some way. They would go out to visit in the prisons. They would uh, care for those that were hungry in the streets of London. They would care for, for persons that had uh, issues of needing legal uh, defense in some way. They would reach out and care for those that were around them. And all of this was steeped in the sacrament of Holy Communion that they received nearly every time they got together. Of course, those other students who were not involved in this small group began to see them as rather odd and, in fact, fanatical about their faith. It wasn't as if these other students were not Christian because 99% of them were Christian. But these guys were taking it altogether too far as they looked at their lives, there was something of God's calling on them to live with greater sincerity into the truth of Christ's life and Christ's calling upon them. The other students began to call them not-so-flattering nicknames. Uh, One of the nicknames was sacramentarians. They took the sacrament so often. Another name was the Holy Club. You can sort of imagine the way they said it as they walked past them: The Holy Club. Another name that they were called was Methodist. (laughs) Because everything they did had a method to it. That last one stuck. John Wesley said, that'll work, that'll work. Call us Methodist if you must. But I want to go back one step to the name the Holy Club for just a moment. Because I don't believe that at any point John Wesley would have disdained for having been called holy. Other than he would say, I'm not quite there yet. He read a small book by Jeremy Taylor, The Rule and Exercises of Holy Living. And it was that book that set him to thinking that he had not fully dedicated his life to Christ. It was interesting just a few moments ago to hear Terry sharing about his giving his life to the Lord in this place, not just in name, but in purpose, in every way. I have no doubt some of you remember uh, that occasion as well as he remembers it. John Wesley found that in reading this book that suggested that each day should be started with prayer, which he already did, and it should begin not only the thinking that each day should be started with prayer, but each action within the day should be introduced with prayer. Now, how do you do this? You cannot just stop and bow your head and pray at everything that goes on. But this was this breathing of prayer, this praying constantly, you know, that we are called to. The Apostle Paul talks about this, pray without ceasing. As we, as we are called into this kind of prayer, our lives begin to be this cradle of holiness that the Lord wishes to create. Wesley resolved to dedicate his thoughts, his words, his actions, his very life to God. And because of that, revival began to break out, first in him, and then others were experiencing that revival because they themselves were dedicating themselves to prayer. This was not so much an attempt to start a new church. Did you know that John Wesley was never himself technically a Methodist? Do you realize that? That he never joined the Methodist church himself. He was, until his dying day, an Anglican priest. His purpose in beginning small group ministry was to start a renewal movement, a revival within the Anglican Church. One sermon that he preached early on and continued to preach and made improvements to as he preached it. Was called The Almost Christian. And like so many other preachers, he chose a passage of scripture and sort of did with it what he wanted to do. He was referring to Acts 26 verse 28 where the Apostle Paul, who has been imprisoned, is taken before King Agrippa. And there in that encounter with King Agrippa, he is sharing everything about his faith. And in fact, gets to the point where he is obviously trying to persuade King Agrippa to be a person of faith himself. King Agrippa's first reaction is to say, you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. But Paul knows that there is something good going on in King Agrippa. And the reaction finally with King Agrippa is this. King Agrippa says to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Now that's in the King James Version. You You almost make me want to be a Christian too. John Wesley sees the opportunity to preach this sermon, The Almost Christian. And in that sermon, he raises what is really an abrasive issue when you're talking about preaching it before good, upstanding church folk. When he preached this, he was preaching to people that were Christian. And yet he was making more than just a suggestion that they were not quite Christian. <laughs> He said, you are almost Christian. In fact, the almost Christian does all of the right things because that is the right thing to do. In fact, he has life in such good order. I go to recycle every now and then out at uh, one of the recycling areas in the county. And it's interesting to me how many other Other people come to recycle. It's a good place to meet church members. I ran into Hadley Campbell out there one day, and the next morning he told his his Sunday school class, he said, yeah, me and the preacher were out there talking trash. (laughs) Recycling is a good thing to do. But recycling doesn't make you a Christian, does it? Come on, be honest with me. If if you think that it does, what you need to do is to go and look into some of the bins and see what people are throwing away (laughs) and recycling. Recycling does not make you into a Christian. And, And this is what Wesley's point was. He was saying the really important question is, is the love of God shed abroad within your heart? Is there anything that is more important to you than loving God and loving your neighbor? Are you loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Is that the core of who you are? Because if it is not, then you are living an almost Christian life. And almost Christian life. Adam Hamilton, who is the author of the book that this sermon series is based upon, is the pastor of the largest United Methodist Church in our denomination. It's located just outside of Kansas City. And I don't even know how many members they have now. I think they almost stopped counting when they reached 14,000. It is a huge church and he is such a capable fella. I took a group of persons from a church that I formerly served out to Church of the Resurrection, where he is pastor. Um, it was a seminar event in which he and several other persons were sharing uh, tidbits of wisdom about what makes for good church life, and in his presentation one evening, he used an illustration that he's become very well known for. Um, I was not there, of course, on the first Sunday that he preached this in his congregation, but he repeated it at the seminar that I attended. Now, this is a large, a large auditorium. He began to talk to us about the nature of junk and what begins to happen to it. He says, uh, even with cars that we think are so permanent in some ways, time claims them and they just become these rusted skeletons. And you can go to junkyards and find what once were very fancy cars. And then this curtain lifts and you see this Vintage 1964 Mustang sitting there on stage. But it is nothing but a hunk of junk. It is it is completely covered with rust. And he says, making the connection, that, that as we look at this, most of us would look at it and think to ourselves, well, it's just junk. That's all there is to it. And yet, then he shows an interview that he has with some people that are into reclaiming these old, forgotten automobiles. And he asked them the question, How is it that you look at this? You know, when you see it, what is it that you see? And one guy gets very specific, and he says, He says, I don't see it as it is. I see it for what it can be. He is so excited about it. You can tell he's really into the reclaiming of old cars and renewing them, remodeling them. And of course, Adam Hamilton uses the opportunity to say, that's exactly what God is interested in with our lives. And yet, you and I resist his reclaiming And we do not fit into the pattern of what he wants to make new. You and I make choices for ourselves and for other people. That do not enter into this sense of renewal. That Christ makes possible for all. Renewal is a part of our DNA. It is. It's a part of the very structure of what is meant to be a part of the church here in this passage of scripture you can get a sense for this therefore once you have your minds ready for action and you are thinking clearly place your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed don't be conformed to your former desires those that shaped you when you were ignorant But as obedient children, you must be holy in every aspect of your lives. Just as the one who called you is holy. It is written, you will be holy because I am holy. Do you long for holiness? Is it truly a part of your life? Are you satisfied with a sense of where you are? Or does your life still bear the potential for God's love to be shed abroad in everything that you think, everything that you say? And everything that you do. The one who calls us to holiness. Calls us as well to remember at this table. I encourage you to remember the holiness of Christ today. But to remember that the reason that we receive this bread and this cup. Is to take his holiness Into who we are. Would you turn at the first of your hymnal to page 12 as we share together in this precious meal? Number 399, and stand as we sing, Take My Life and Let It Be. bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we leave this place today, we pray that your spirit would guide us. We do wish to be your holy people. We know that the only possibility for us is that Christ would live within our hearts and within our minds, within our actions, and I pray that you would help this to be so and guide us in the days of this week to come. Make us your holy people, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.